You're listening to the Union Podcast. The Union is a movement dedicated to discovering God's design for sexuality, His hope for restoration, and the power of our destiny through Jesus. Please enjoy today's podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Union Podcast. I'm Brian Pugh. And I'm Bonnie Pugh. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is episode 14, and today we are so stoked to be talking about how we can lead with hope in a sexually broken culture. Um, You know, this is something we're really passionate about because um, as pastors, as leaders um, who are constantly uh, interacting and leading people, um, you know, who deal with a wide variety of brokenness and pain um, from from just living in this culture mm-hmm. um, and experiencing um, the pressures that come with living in this culture, uh, it's always on our heart of how how do we stay encouraged? How do we stay hopeful? Um, because God's hopeful. Because God totally. is, um, He's not concerned. As much as it breaks His heart, He's not worried because His His grace, His power is enough right. um, to touch and transform hearts, uh, even in the worst of cultures. And something that we've talked about a lot is that, um, you know, Jesus planted his church in the middle of a Greek and Roman culture that was completely sex saturated in so many ways that it would actually put today's culture to shame and society to shame. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what we're, hope- we're hopeful about. And uh, mm-hmm. we're really looking forward to discussing that with you today. That's right. So thanks for tuning in with us today. Like Brian said, episode 14, we've been so excited. We've heard from some of you just um, how the podcast has impacted your lives. Somebody reached out to us. Um, We've never met her before, but she said, thank you. Like she said, thank you so much for the content you're doing. They, her and her, some of her friends have formed actually a small group, like a community group to uh, discuss the content. So when new podcasts come out, they get together, talk about how it's relevant for their lives and how they can apply the truth. And that was so encouraging to us. Yeah, totally. That's why we do what we do is we're really hoping that we can help people and even help link people together in this journey that it doesn't, that these aren't just like, you know, Uh, conversations that people avoid because it's too awkward, but we actually want to, um, in a kind, even like in a discreet way, but in a straightforward way, talk about the things that are really going on, uh, behind closed doors in people's lives. So thank you. And if you, you know, any stories that you have of how, um, how our content has impacted your life, we love hearing from you. So please do that. Um, yeah. yeah. So we, it is our tradition as if you've been following, you know that we always start off our episodes with the random question. The random question. So, randomly, what is your favorite food to eat uh, on a cold, wet, rainy day? Wow. A cold, wet, rainy day? Happens a lot in the Fraser Valley. Yeah, it's true. Not complaining, but sort of complaining. <laughs> <laughs> it was a beautiful morning, and then by the afternoon, it was wet again. Yeah. Um. I mean, I I want to say like I, I think of like soup, you know, a good soup. Actually, today I just had a friend gave me some of the soup she had made a couple of days ago with the leftovers from our from her turkey Thanksgiving. Because mm. we're Canadian, so our Thanksgiving is in October. Yeah. Anyway, so she gave me leftovers, and it was like a she was like heirloom carrots, so it had like the multicolored carrots. Wow. Like the purple and the other 
oranges that are different, or red, whatever. And then it, but then it had a little bit of kick to it, and then, but then she put some coconut milk in there. Wow, that was really nice. So I would say Game probably soup, with coconut milk, soup with like either warm biscuits or like toast. Yeah, totally. I would awesome. say that. All right. Okay. My turn. Your turn. I feel like I always am drawn to ask you like, where would you want to travel? But I'm pretty sure we've covered that. Yeah, I think we have. Probably, yeah. maybe multiple times. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. Um, I've okay. traveled a lot in this podcast. Yes, that's right. <laughs> the dreams are big. Um, yeah. Okay. What about, tell me about a book that you read years, like one from your past, like one that from like, (laughs) like, so, uh, like before now, (laughs) so not the one you're reading right now. Yeah. Yeah. So like you, you mean like maybe like longer than five years ago or yeah, I'm thinking about like, even maybe when you first came to having faith in God, what would be Mm -hmm. a book that really impacted your life? Yeah, well, I can say hands down the Discipline of Grace um, by Jerry Bridges. Mm. That was, uh, you know, it was actually a really crazy story how I uh, came across that book. I went into um, a local Christian bookstore and just like super like confused on mm-hmm. like what I should be reading. I knew I wanted, um, you know, I knew I wanted to go deeper in my faith, but sometimes it's just like, man, I just you don't know where to look and. Here I am, just so I wander in this Christian bookstore, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of books in here. So it's yeah. like, which one do I choose? Um, and it's like, it was so crazy because the book cover um, is like a very bright, light blue. And so it just stood out mm. on the bookshelf that it was on. Um, and it was actually a revised version of something because he, he wrote the book quite some time ago. And Jerry Bridges actually passed away. It's, uh, oh, this, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was, uh, I can't remember how long ago, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, this book is. I would really encourage if you're listening to this, go grab a copy of Jerry Bridges' Discipline and yeah, Grace. Yeah, a good one. Um, I think it's it's probably one of the most, um, from what I've read, just such a great take on um, how you are saved mm. when you come and put your faith in Jesus, um, but you're also being saved. Mm-hmm. You know that there's an ongoing work that uh, the Holy Spirit takes up. Uh, in your life to make you more and more like Jesus and that um, the grace of God is not, um, you know, or that your your best day is not so good that you don't need the grace of God and your bad day is not so bad that you're beyond the grace of God. And um, I think it was just, uh, just really eye-opening, really kind of foundational um, and establishing, you know, who we are in Jesus. So that was a long answer. No, that's yeah. good. Discipline and grace. Discipline Jerry and grace. Jerry Bridges. Yep. Thank you, Jesus, for Jerry Bridges. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, it changed my life. So That's awesome. Yeah. So first point today, when we're talking about leading um, with hope in a sexually broken culture, um, you know, it's kind of it kind of goes without saying. But unfortunately, like we do have to talk about this because I think sometimes in leadership, it's like um, I'm very glad to see that the things things are changing in leadership. Like, Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of good direction when it comes to church leadership and just uh, even vulnerability in leadership. Um, but I would say point one is like you have to find healing and freedom for yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, we've seen horrible examples um, in the past that are actually just really warnings to all of us who are in leadership, but um, where people put their own platform, their own ministry, their own uh, ministry influence and success and notoriety mm-hmm. um, above their own walk of purity um, before God. And, um, and unfortunately, 
it brings so much brokenness in families. Um, it causes a lot of confusion mm-hmm. and pain um, mm-hmm. you know, in those families, but also in the church totally. and also in those ministries that they lead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's just like there's there's nothing that's there's no you know amount of fame or speaking engagements you know that are um, that are worth this area of our life being sacrificed and being compromised totally. and uh, and then having to deal with the fallout in that. So. Um, you know, I think just practically even speaking to that, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it too, but like, um, I think one of the things that um, really is our strength as leaders is strength in numbers, mm-hmm. um, that we have people that are in our circle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not healthy as a leader for just anybody to know everything about you, mm-hmm. but it is, it is really healthy to have somebody know know everything, everything. about you yeah, <laughs> you totally. know what I mean totally um you know and I'm thankful that I've got you know a handful of guys I know that I could call and that um you know I think you know are confident enough in our relationship to to ask me hard questions and yeah. um and I think that that's that's been one of the keys that's just helped me um to stay on the straight and narrow, I guess. <laughs> totally. And I would say for those of you who maybe feel like God has called you to a place of leadership, mm-hmm. maybe even one day, or you feel you have like a gifting, uh, a natural gifting where people tend to follow you, um, whether you're within the church community or not. Um, and here is a habit that I would recommend you get get going on right away is simply that of confession, mm-hmm. where when you're going through something or when you um, even if you're tempted by something, yeah. I would even say if you have a messed up dream, if you have a lie in your head or just a thought in your head that almost seems to like, just like come after you or like mm-hmm. just drill your mind like a woodpecker, just like knocking on your, on your brain to just confess those things, yeah. um, to people that you trust. I know that's right. What you're saying about not being alone, um, having people around you. Cause I think that if you if you try to come to a place of leadership without having that habit, how much harder it's going to be to then yeah. introduce that habit. Suddenly, yeah. like, oh dang! Like I, I looked at something I shouldn't have, but I don't I don't I don't even know how to talk mm-hmm. about these issues. So just having so starting right now, just yeah. start opening that your heart and your the door of your heart to other people and sharing not just the good parts of who you are, but literally the struggling, the messy, the, the confused parts of who you are and letting, Uh I mean, it says in the Bible that darkness can't stand the light. So once you bring light to things, um, it actually like breaks so much power. Yeah, totally. So get started, you know, so, so we, you know, we said we want to talk about leading with hope. Uh And so to know that even in this situation, that whatever you're dealing with. So right now, what if you're listening to this and you are literally the like the senior pastor of a huge church? It's like there is hope for you that Absolutely. even if you right now, maybe you're trapped in pornography or you're, um, you know, you, you're in an emotional, in a, like a situation of emotional adultery mm-hmm. or something like that, is like to know that there is hope that you can find healing, that you can, like there can be restoration for you. There can be freedom for you. Yeah. Um, like you said before, it's just that Jesus is not afraid. He's not intimidated mm-hmm. by our sin. Yeah, absolutely. So we start by bringing people in. Absolutely. Um, not, yeah. Yeah, and I think this next point, um, something that we, we wrote down here was think generationally. Mm-hmm. And um, and this kind of comes into like, how do you, 
what type of leader are you going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, are you going to just be like an organization leader and kind of mm-hmm. like your um, just like a figurehead, you know, or something like that? Or are you going to be a father? Or are you going to be a mother mm-hmm. to the people that you're leading in, in a spiritual kind of sense? If, mm-hmm. um, but even just in a, in a relational sense where it's not just about um, outcomes and outputs and performance and everything, but it's actually about like, how are you actually doing as a person? Cause I think like that, yeah. that's, that's what separates, I think, um, good leaders from great leaders is how much, um, is how much the, 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 the leaders actually care about the people that they're leading. Right. You know what I mean? Not just in a, like a, um, I care what you can do for me. Yeah. I care what you can do for me or I care about your performance or, mm-hmm. you know, right. Like how good you make me look. That's how much I care about, um, is actually, mm-hmm. you know, how much I, I care about you and I care about your family and I care about like what's going on in your life. Yeah. Um, you know, just as, just as much as I care about the outcomes, the outcomes are important. You know what I mean? Like we want to be heading, um, leading in the direction and, and with passion and purpose and effectiveness, but, um, not at a sacrifice of genuine, healthy relationships, because I feel like, you know, what Paul said in first Corinthians four fifteen, he says like, you have many teachers, you have many tutors in Christ, but you have few fathers. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think like, um, you know, like we live in a time, obviously like we're recording a podcast right now. It's just like, right. there's, you've never, there's never been a time in history where you've been able to access more information, more teaching, totally. more people's experience and mentorship. Um, uh, then, then right, then where we're living right now and the time that we're living in right now. Um, but unfortunately, uh, those, uh, podcasts aren't going to be there when the wheels come off. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Or aren't going to be there, uh, in a hard time to really look you in the eyes and say, Hey man, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Or Hey, like, don't worry. You're going to get through this and, and the best, the really, the best is yet to come Mm -hmm. and really looking you, look you in the eyes, pray for you, encourage you, speak right to that situation. So, um, yeah, I would just really encourage that. That's that kind of sets that kind of atmosphere in the teams that we're leading is that we're, we're family. Mm-hmm. We're going to lead from a family dynamic. And that's uh, that's going to set um, such a safe place for those who we are leading to come into confession, um, but also really uh, find healing that sticks, I think. Absolutely. I think that probably one of the greatest epidemics of this generation is loneliness uh, because so many families are are broken or, or like, it's almost like we have to redefine what the word mother or father would mean Mm -hmm. because when, you know, maybe when I say mother or when I say father, if you're listening to this, maybe you're thinking, Oh, so do you mean like absent and distracted or do you mean like aggressive and can't keep their cool? Or do you mean, right? Like it's almost, it's so as spiritual leaders, um, I think I love that even when the disciples asked Jesus, like, hey, how should we pray? You know, after after years and years in like a religious structure where things had gotten kind of distorted, Jesus said, okay, pray like this. Call God your father. Mm-hmm. And it was like he was trying to redefine like what a father was really meant to be. Yeah. And so as mothers and fathers within the church, it's like to show that there's consistency, that there's... Um, I would say like forward thinking even like we're not just interested in your comfort today, but we're looking, you know, to set you up for success in the future. Um, We're attuned. We're watching over you. We can get a sense. I think of even our kids. It's like how many times have we said, you know, Brian and I talk to each other and we'll say, 
did you notice, you know, we'll say like one of our kids, like something's just off in them. I don't know what it is. Like something's just not right in their spirit. Like something's mm-hmm. either they're conflicted with something or maybe something went wrong or maybe they're, maybe there's unforgiveness in their heart. And then yeah. we, so it's like, because we know them so well, we can feel when something goes wrong. Yeah, and totally. I think as leaders, we need to be not just, yeah, like you said, not just out, outcome base or what are you doing for the kingdom, but like, how are you as a son or a daughter? So to mm-hmm. think, yeah. So as leaders, we think like mothers and fathers and treat the people around us like sons and daughters. Yeah, totally. Because maybe they've never experienced that before. Yeah, absolutely. And that I think, yeah, like you're saying, that's going to bring a lot of, a lot of healing to them. Another point that we wanted to make uh, today when it comes to leading, leading with hope um, in the sexually broken culture is to lead preventatively. Mm-hmm. Now, what I mean by that is that we're not just the type of leaders that are running around putting out fires. Um, you know, we've heard, we've heard from people before is that there's, there's counselors who are doing so much work behind the scenes, you know, hour after hour with people who are, you know, Christians who are having to come in and Okay, let me say, yeah. we love counselors. We Absolutely. think that's necessary. But sometimes counselors are actually doing, are putting out fires that could have been prevented by proper instruction and understanding of yeah. God's, of God's like, of his standards and his heart for people. Mm-hmm. So as leaders, how incredible that we have a platform and we have a place um, to speak the truth about these areas that really matter. Because Because of course it's important to preach about faith or to preach about tithing and being generous. Mm -hmm. But if people are, people are going home and they are trapped in shame or they're not able to communicate with their spouse or they have like pain from their, from abandonment in their past, um, those things are going to catch up Mm -hmm. with your people. So, so when we say lead preventatively, it's a thought of, um, looking at the, the things that are going to trip up your people and pre teach about it, preach about it, regularly, not just like a, a series once a year or every two years or something like that, but like have the language of healthy sexuality be in your conversation, be in the culture mm-hmm. of your community. Yeah. Cause I think in a lot of ways, like something we've talked about before is that like, you can talk about sex without talking about sex, mm-hmm. right? Like we're not just saying like, Hey, you need to like bring up healthy, you know, biological functions and stuff like that. But we're talking about like identity. We're talking about value. We're talking about honor. We're talking about integrity, commitment, faithfulness, all these, all these things that are, um, so key to, to, to our sexuality that actually come alongside and shore up our sexuality so it doesn't fall apart and doesn't overwhelm us and control our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's really important. I, um, we've, we've, I think we've mentioned it too. Like there's the, analogy of um you know there's an orphanage built on the side of the cliff and it's not an orphanage i think it's just a community it's just a community well i, I think that doesn't send it home as much oh. <laughs> anyways okay so it may or may not be an orphanage anyways the analogy is that there's a community or a village built on the top of this cliff and um and every year children and people are falling off of this cliff and breaking their leg and or or dying even and so this great this great idea is to build a clinic down at the bottom of the cliff that way when people fall off the cliff they can the 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 people can get to them from the clinic right away and they can receive quicker care and better care and Mm -hmm. and and possibly find healing and and maybe even make it out alive right um 
All the while, maybe a better idea mm-hmm. would maybe to be a building a fence at the top of the cliff. Right. Um, you know, I think sometimes we can think so reactively um, and feel like we're playing catch up mm-hmm. that we think, oh, yeah, we should we should build a clinic down at the bottom of the cliff. But if only we would just talk about it yeah. on a more routine, routine basis and a more consistent basis and in the way like we just talked about with talking about some of the other key elements of sexuality outside of your sexuality, mm-hmm. um, if we were to do that consistently, that's what builds that healthy fence, mm-hmm. that strong fence that keeps people from making crazy decisions, mm-hmm. um, painful decisions, hurtful decisions mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a time of weakness or a time of... Uh, brokenness or confusion, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. or um, or feeling overwhelmed, you know. So I would I would encourage any leader out there, any pastor out there, man, find a way to talk about this uh, on a consistent basis and be pre- be preventative. That's right. So. And something I love, I was looking into, you know, the New Testament and the letters that were written. We know that Jesus talked about about sexuality and about marriage and about purity. Uh, but even in the letters that were sent out to the early church at the time. Of the, in the New Testament, every book ref, talks about sexuality, except for Philemon, and I believe it was First Thessalonians. So it's like the the preachers of the time knew that this was a topic that had to be included on a regular basis, yeah. because this is an area that impacts everyone. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another point here. Um, we want to talk about just uh, how we can recognize the cultural temperature and be mm-hmm. speaking um, to those areas. And one of the things we're going to say here, it could, it could seem a little bit controversial. It's like, what are you, what are you saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, there's a reality that you need to assume a level of brokenness um, within the people that you're leading, within the people in your church or your organization or whatever. Um, the, the people that you are leading um, you have to assume that there's a level of, of pain, uh, shame, um, distortion, you know, distortion or confusion or, confusion mm-hmm. or uh, you know, pressure, temptation, all those things. But here's the catch. We want to assume brokenness without being suspicious. Yeah. Right. We want to be real and be, have a, a clear, keen sense of what's going on uh, in the culture and where our people that we're leading are living and the things that they're experiencing without assuming that they are just fully entrenched in it and, you know, have no desire to serve God and have no desire to walk in purity. Mm -hmm. Um, But just be real that, like, they're living in a real world with real uh, pressures, real desires, real um, a real enemy and a real adversary that wants to destroy their life. Um, And, yeah, I think that's that's just really important. Yeah, so then in that an assumption or just that we're not shocked when people that's right when people or their children are dealing with these things like no yeah. we're not surprised and we are still hopeful absolutely because there is so much hope jesus power like we i love the stories and the testimonies and there's there's so many even probably hidden in the rows of your church that you might never know but they've been restored from so much so so even though yeah, so we can assume that there's a level of brokenness in people just statistically, um, you know, like even if you just go on the Government of Canada statistics and you can read about, you know, one out of three are dealing with this, one out of four are dealing with this. 
your church is not exempt from those statistics. So you just, it's not about like, so it's not about like Brian saying, not about being suspicious and like, who is it? But rather just in your, in your communication with people, just being sensitive and aware that really people might be coming from these type of backgrounds or might be in the middle of an addiction or something like that. Um, But that there is so much hope because Jesus is, is a restorer and he loves to restore. So, so um, to have that expectation of, increasing freedom for people. Yeah, absolutely. We do. I think that even in that, um, because we're, you know, assuming that people are dealing with stuff is to have open dialogue and conversations with people, maybe even on your staff or in your teams Mm -hmm. and not in an accusatory way, but just be like, Hey dude, how are you really doing? Mm -hmm. And not even just not generically, but, but even to say like, how do you deal with temptation or how is your, how is your relationship with your, you know, if you could say, how's your relationship going with your husband or how are you teaching your children? Um, you know, how are you keeping them safe from online pornography or yeah. right? Like just conversations that say, just bring up the topic. You'd be really bold and say, when was the last time you cleared your search history? Yeah, that's right. That would be pretty telling. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If they say, I don't know how to do that, then you're probably okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, I mean, um, even something that I have asked people, and maybe I need to ask more, but when some, you know, like young women in our church have gotten married, then within the first couple of months, I'll just be like, how's your sex life? How are you doing? And, you know, and they get all squirmy, but they're kind of grateful because it's such a new arena and they're like, I don't seriously. know how to do this. So yeah. how's your sex life? You know, you're not being weird. You're actually caring and wanting to like, you know, yeah, totally just support. So, but then at the same time, you also need to have the type of, um, have the type of attitude that's willing to get those questions asked back at you exactly, and even pointedly welcome it and say, listen, man, like I need you to know that if you ever see anything in my marriage, you see any decisions that I'm making, you yeah. see, you see me being inappropriate where you see me being even immodest or vulgar jokes or like call me out on it or don't. Yeah. I remember once apologizing to a friend cause I had, I'd made a joke that I think I, afterwards the Holy spirit convicted me. Like that was kind of inappropriate, not really bad, but just a little bit. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go and apologize to my friends. So I said, sorry to them. And instead of like brushing it off and being like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No problem. It doesn't even matter. I just remember they said like, yeah, we forgive you. And even that created such a level of accountability of like, they recognize that what I did was wrong and they still love me, you know? So having real conversations and yeah, that's important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's important. This is the thing. Like, I think it's important to like, to be able to show the people that we're leading that like leadership does not equal perfection. Right. You know what I mean? That like you as a leader, um, you're wanting to get better. Right. And I love what Craig Rochelle says. Everybody gets better when the leader gets better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like if we are purposing to be watching over this area, we're actually inviting other people um, because if they see that like you as a leader and like, you know, you've got authority, you've got influence, you've got responsibility and all this stuff and that you're still, you're still progressing in this area, that you're still working this area out, that you're not settling you're not you know putting up um you know you're not kind of putting it into neutral and just kind of like oh we'll just ride this out till, yeah. I'm, till i die um that you're still aggressively mm-hmm. um fighting the fight of faith to win um you know i think that's really inspiring to the people that we lead so i think that's uh, makes them realize that they can be influencers and they can be leaders too yeah absolutely 
So just to recap, we, in order to lead with hope, we would need to be um, finding healing and freedom for ourselves and uh, remembering that no platform or position is worth uh, your life or family. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, we want to be leading generationally, that we're not just going to be leaders and just not organizational managers, but that we're actually mothers and fathers mm-hmm. uh, to the people that we're leading. Um Third point, we want to lead preventatively. We don't want to just be building clinics at the bottom of the cliffs. Yeah. We want to be building fences by consistently communicating uh, all the other facets that complement sexuality, uh, healthy sexuality, mm-hmm. on a, on a routine, routine basis. Um, and lastly, we want to recognize the cultural temperature um, mm-hmm. of, uh, that we're living in and, and be speaking to that on a regular basis. Um, and really um, assuming a level of brokenness in the people that we're leading because of the, the culture that they're, they're living in, but not being suspicious, yeah. but not being, you know, like um, overbearing or helicopter yeah, leading. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? So Yeah, and remember that in all of it, uh, there is so much hope. Yeah, absolutely. People, yeah, people have been push to a place of desperation. And I really believe that in the next 10 years, we are going to see an incredible uh, culture shift mm-hmm. of people. Well, it even says in the Bible that the nations are going to look at the faces of your sons and daughters and see the radiance on their faces, and it's going to draw them towards God. Mm-hmm. So that is our hope of restoration, um, that when some when people see our marriage really has love, they're going to believe that there's a God. Yeah, absolutely. It, it links in their mind. And so when people see our sons and daughters with joy in their faces, it's going to stand out to mm-hmm. them. And so we're on the edge of a really, I think, a really beautiful yeah. uh, revival is yeah. what I would say, bringing absolutely. life back. Yeah. So with October being Pastor Appreciation Month, mm. we want to say thank you, pastors out there and leaders out there who are um, fighting the good fight and and are you know helping people get get out of the pain and get out of the shame and yeah. into freedom. We are so thankful for you. So yeah. be encouraged. Um, as Brian Houston so famously says, the best is yet to come. That's right. He says it a lot cooler than I do. Um, with a super rad raspy voice well, you, have a, you have a canadian accent i do yeah i'm that's sure true. He, he might be quoting you yeah he could be uh, i doubt it but he could be yeah <laughs> anyways thanks so much for tuning in uh we'd love to hear from you hope you enjoyed this and uh we'll see you next time all right thank you so much for joining us today we hope your life was impacted greatly if you have any questions or comments we'd love to hear from you please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, visit our website, theunionmovement.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at theunionmovement.